The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome. This is Cheryl Dawson with Ken Dawson, and we're live from Fort Myers, uh, Florida this, uh, this week and uh, here for a conference and also to visit my mother, which is always a joy. Having been um, residing in Tampa, Florida years ago, it was it's always fun to return. And as usual, the sun is shining, although I must say it uh, got a bit nippy here uh, with the front moving in, but we'll make it through. And, of course, the beach beckons in spite of the, the waves and the, and the wind that we're getting. It's, it's a real sanctuary of peace, so we're... We're delighted to be here. Nevertheless, as, as we march into March, we continue to see some very extensive layoffs around the country. Uh, this morning when I pulled up my email and got my uh, news uh, announcements, one of the biggies was uh, some of the major banks uh, going through another round of layoffs. So it's hitting everyone and it's hitting, uh, hitting every uh, city in the country. I noticed that California now is... Uh, up to 10% unemployment. Of course, we know Michigan and the Midwest have been hit very hard. So today we want to spend some time and discuss some of the challenges that people face in a tough economy when they've uh, been laid off. And we're also going to introduce a wonderful guest, Mary Banks, and have her share from her vast experience in managing change in stressful circumstances. She also has a tremendous uh, human resource background, and we'll share that um, in a little bit, but uh, we're seeing a dramatic increase in corporate outplacement uh, in our own business, and uh, at the same time, we know that many companies do not provide this, uh, this vital service. For those in our audience who may be experiencing an involuntary layoff, uh, we have some very important tips for you today. And if you're intent- anticipating a layoff or just concerned that you could be facing those circumstances, it's important for you to be prepared as well. So we're going to have four segments today, and we do welcome your call-ins in segments uh, three and four. If you'd like to call in and ask uh, us or our guest a question, you're welcome to do that. You know, there are a lot of keys to a successful uh, transition, whether it's a tough market or not, and Job Search a Total System is our resource, both a book, an audio series, as well as some online resources that help individuals to manage their job search and a career change in the most effective way. So we'd like to talk about some of the the tips that we recommend in the total system. And Ken, I know that uh, you'd like to share some of your ideas that are fresh in mind. Welcome, listeners. This is Ken Dawson. Um, As Cheryl mentioned to you, we have been at this drill many, many years. Um, Job search, a total system, the book, was actually written in 1985. It took us three years to write it. We spent from 1985 to 1988 writing the first book. The first edition came out in 1988, second edition in 1996, third edition in 2008, and it is power-packed with ideas and specific suggestions to help you achieve 
better job, better pay, and a better life. And one of the things that I would personally like to recommend to you is that you read the book, follow it to the letter, and do exactly what it says. And what I do personally is offer a personal guarantee to anyone who follows the system to the letter. And essentially, the agreement is that if you will work harder, smarter, longer on behalf of yourself and your family and do exactly what the book says to follow, to achieve better job, better pay, better life, you will do it for yourself and your family. The reason why we can say that is because we have had literally tens of thousands of clients from all levels, presidents of companies down to the uh, individual working in the machine shop, uh, who have succeeded in their search over the years. And the key reason why it works is this. And please think carefully about this. When you're competing with your fellow candidates for a specific position, all you have to do is be head and shoulders over your competition. So whether you're a CEO or a VP or a manager or a supervisor or an hourly worker, the only people you're competing with are people within your network for a specific position. And basically, there are two things you need to think about relative to your job search. When you write a resume, when you communicate your skills, abilities, and talents in an interview, what you're really doing is convincing the employer that you're able to do two things for them. One is make them money, and secondly is save them money. We recommend that through putting specific numbers, dollars, and percentages in your resume. For instance, if you're an administrative person, you may think, well, all I did was push paper around. But actually, you'd be amazed to find what you can actually put on your resume relative to how much you made and saved your employer. Regardless of the position, regardless of where it was, or regardless of what you did, you can put specific numbers, dollars, percentages on your resume. And putting that effort into the resume, into the interview, into your communication with a potential employer is exactly what puts you head and shoulders over your competition. And when you are in an interview, as an example, you might say, well, I saved my company a million dollars in the last year. How many people in other interviews competing for that position would actually do that? The answer is none. You'll be the only person doing it, and it's that that gives you that competitive edge. Now, moving to the next level, you might say, well, if that's true, why don't I go for a bigger job? And that's exactly our recommendation. For instance, if you're a narrow employee trying to get a position in supervision, you may say, well, why don't I just pass the supervisor role and go right into management? Or a manager in a company who's looking at a move up the ladder who says, well, maybe I can get a director position, and we're saying, why not compete for a vice president position? And it's all about your impact in bottom line numbers. Bottom line numbers, dollars, percentages. And at the top, let me give some advice to our perhaps presidential candidates who are sitting there saying, well, you know, what if I could convince my chairman of the board that I could move into a position in the company and even in this tough economy dramatically increase sales or productivity or any number of things to the tune of tens of millions of dollars? The answer is you can do it, be able to justify your numbers, dollars, percentages, 
be able to get those recommendations in the form of letters of reference and go for it. Don't be afraid to be bold. Don't be afraid to go for the gusto. That's exactly what Job Search the Total System says. That's exactly what it's all about. Here's Cheryl. Thank you, Ken, for that inspirational introduction. And, And indeed, attitude and how you perceive yourself is one of the most important aspects of success in, in job transition. And the other point that I really like, Ken, uh, that you talked about is the importance of being able to beat out your competition. Obviously, when there are fewer jobs to go around, uh, you want to be able to beat out your competition. And if you have an A-plus resume, if you have an A-plus uh, reference or, or several references, from former bosses and bosses' bosses, and sometimes you want to add a colleague in there. If you've got A-plus cover letters, if you take approach to the email you send out to make sure that there's no typos, that you've got a message that's compelling, then you're going to be a step ahead of your competition. And we like to talk in terms of psychological leverage, being a step ahead of the competition a step ahead of the potential employer so you know what to anticipate, you're prepared, and you can go in to uh, win the opportunity. Ken? The key point, as Cheryl mentioned, is A+. Now, think about that as it relates to every aspect of your career. We begin our book with the assessment process, which is basically saying what are your skills, abilities, and talents. But as you go into every single facet of your campaign, and that's exactly what it is, it's a job campaign, think A-plus across the board. See, this is what most people don't do. When they go into a job search, they have a C or a D resume. They have an inferior interview. They have a reference letter that's really not up to par. And that's why our system works across the board with everyone who follows it having a A-plus approach to everything you do, working harder, smarter, longer, will cause you to be head and shoulders over your competition to the point where you're saying to yourself, wow, I may even be able to achieve something far beyond what I wanted to. Now, let me mention something else to you. It's very, very critical. This applies not only to you individually, but to your entire family. Let's say that you're the the breadwinner of the home, you're a uh, 35-year-old male who is a first-line supervisor in a company, and you're saying, well, now, how does this apply to my company? Your wife, for instance, may have a position in a company, and whether it's a clerical or administrative or executive position, job search at all system applies to her across the board. Let's say you have a son in college who's a sophomore in college, and he's saying, well, I'm in school, but I don't really know what I want to do. This applies across the board to your son. How about your daughter, who's a senior in high school, who is interested in going into college, but she's saying, gee, I'm not really sure what I want to do. The point that Joe and I are making is that every single part of our system applies to every single family across the board, and we sincerely appreciate your buying our system, and we will personally guarantee that it will work not just for you, but for your entire family. Thank you, Ken. And when we come back for our second segment, we're going to be introducing Mary Banks to you. She'll share from her vast experience and career changes she's made and also some of the uh, tips that she has 
for Managing Change. We'll be back in a moment. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success, better job, better pay, better life. Oh, hi, Jessica. Hi, Mrs. Johnson. Is Megan there? Sure. Follow me. The kids are in the kitchen making sandwiches. <laughs> hey, Julie. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Megan. Hey, Megan. Yeah? You're a total freak. God, you're ugly. And dumb. Oh, and your makeup makes you look like a tramp. Tommy Morris told me you guys made out. Everybody knows. The whole school knows. He said your breath smelled like garbage, and he almost puked. He says you're the most desperate girl he knows. And that dress is totally hideous. You look like a big, fat clown. Disgusting. Oh, and by the way, nice zit. If you wouldn't say it in person, why say it online? Delete cyberbullying. Don't write it. Don't forward it. For more information, visit ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll free at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to TCS on air at TCSWorldwide.com. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and today we're with Mary Banks. Uh, Mary is an executive coach and organizational consultant with a very extensive uh, experience and broad knowledge of leadership development, employee relations, change management, and team building. Her background includes ex- uh, coaching executive management teams on the people agenda for mergers and acquisitions, transition planning, and staffing reorganizations. She uh, has a comprehensive experience on leading teams through national change initiatives, resulting in organizational and job redesigns. Prior to her consulting, uh, Mary enjoyed a successful 25-year career in financial services and oil and gas industries. She has sought after a keynote speaker on women's issues and faith in the workplace and is author of several books on this vital subject. She has been involved in the leadership of several nonprofit and civic organizations and served as the president of the Houston Human Resource Management Association, one of the largest HR associations in the nation with over 1,400 members. In addition to her coaching practice, Mary is an instructor at Rice University Continuing Education Program. She is a graduate of Oral Roberts University and has a degree in psychology, holds a master's degree in management, from Houston Baptist University, and is certified as a senior professional in human resources. Welcome, Mary. Well, good morning. How are you, Cheryl? I'm doing well, and how about yourself? I'm doing just fabulous. Wonderful. Well, I think it would be really interesting for uh, you to share with our viewers a little bit about your background. We heard a little bit here with the introduction, but if you could share just a little bit more um, uh, of kind of your journey and, and your career. Well, thank you for the opportunity, first of all, to be on the show. And um, my you know, career has, as you said, it, it's been quite, uh, quite a journey. And uh, currently in my uh, consulting practice, I have the great privilege of, of uh, coaching uh, other leaders and also doing a lot of leadership development uh, as well as um, handling life coaching from a faith-based perspective, which is a little bit different. Um, and I have found that all of the things that I did before have helped me to be, you know, able to do what I do now, and uh, and I, I'm really enjoying it, having a lot of fun. But um, the other thing that I enjoy doing, as you mentioned, is I love um, being out and speaking to different groups. Uh, I, I love writing, and uh, I've been fortunate to have written two books and had them published, and I'm working on a third book right now. Um, so my life is rather full. I'll bet it is, and uh, since we're writers ourselves, we can relate to how much of a challenge that is, but it also prevents, uh, presents a lot of opportunities as well. So um, maybe you could share just a little bit about how you went from the HR background that you had for many years into consulting. What prompted you to make that shift? Well, it was really interesting, and I know there's a lot of discussion around purpose and passion and all of that, but I I, clearly reached a a point in my career where I wanted to pursue those things that I knew I had a passion around and um, that I knew I would have the skill to do as well based on my corporate experience. One of my big dreams was to be able to spend more time writing and to be able to spend more time speaking and training and so forth. And I realized in the type of role that I was in, um, I was a senior vice president in a financial services company, I um, had limited time to do that. I you know, usually worked very long hours, traveled quite extensively, and had a number of people that I was responsible for in terms of the size of team that I uh, 
that I was responsible for. And so when I looked at my life in general, I thought, Mary, you need more flexibility, girl. And uh, I thought, you know, what would probably work better for you is if you were in a consulting role because in consulting you have an opportunity to really design a schedule that works best for you and it allows you to... Um, have a little bit more flexibility in your life because you're managing the process, managing the client's expectations and so forth. And so what I did was, you know, just made the decision to um, leave the corporate sector and then pursue consulting full-time. And it was really a great decision because it used so many of my natural strengths but at the same time, it gave me the opportunity to do some of the other things that I had a passion around, like I said, writing and so forth. And so that, I would say, was what really prompted me to make that, that decision was the flexibility. And also, it sounds like in many respects that you're taking what you did uh, internally and uh, just kind of focus them to apply them. Um, more strategically in in a variety of organizations. So it's not like you chuck everything you learned and did in in your prior career, but actually built upon those. That's absolutely right, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I find that I'm using a number of of the, the skills that I learned over my long career. But the other thing that I really am enjoying, Cheryl, is the ability to do things uh, in a way that really meets the need of my client and also broadens how I'm able to do it. Sometimes when you're working for one company, I mean, they have their processes and their procedures and their way of doing business, which is just great, but this this consulting allows you the, the opportunity to really explore things from a different perspective and you're able to make recommendations and suggestions to your client that could be better for them and more beneficial. So I'm really enjoying that aspect of my work. Mary, one of the um, areas that we talk an awful lot about when we do resumes is the area of performance improvement. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'd like you to speak to, if you would, is your experience in the corporate world relative to doing performance appraisals. For instance, you know, as and Cheryl and I also have an extensive background in organizational development and working with performance appraisal in organizations, but mm-hmm. one of the transitions that people can make when they understand the process is how the issue of setting goals and achieving goals and actually having all of that information in a performance appraisal can translate to a resume. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When individuals actually write goals of what they have achieved in their former position, one of our recommendations is to use action verbs and to actually identify numbers, dollars, and percentages could you speak to that relative to how that individual can make that transition? I think that's a really uh, a great point that you're making, Ken, because a lot of times we don't realize that our performance uh, appraisal and that process um, it just lends itself to making us focus on those things that we do really well, and it helps us to focus also on those things that we accomplished just by the nature of you know pulling together the information in response to your boss's request to um, to to do a, a performance appraisal in most organizations, uh, I find this to be the case. Usually, the the staff member has an opportunity to you know write the beginning aspects of the performance appraisal, which is generally the goals that they have for the year, uh, what they've accomplished uh, over the previous year, and then what they want to accomplish going forward. Uh, So taking that information as the backdrop, when you're working on a resume, now you've got really all of this information kind of put together for you, even though it was for a different purpose. 
you can extract that information from not only your current uh, review, but from prior reviews where your boss may have also, you know, included those things that they saw as being a particular strength of yours or they acknowledged as being an accomplishment of yours. You can take that information, extract it, put it into the resume so that when you're talking to a future employer, you're able to say, here's what I actually did to help my prior employers be successful. And that's what they want to know. They don't want to just you know, know what your experience is. They want to know how that experience had impact on the bottom line of your prior employers. And using that information from your resumes can be very, very beneficial in helping you to have clarity around that. And taking the performance appraisal issue one step further, that leads to potential appraisal, which leads to the individuals looking at, well, wow, what other opportunities do I have in the company? What other positions might be available to me? And that goes back to the point I made in the first segment relative to an individual who's hoping for a first-line supervisory job who says, wow, why not go for a management position because I really have the skills, abilities, and talents to be able to do that. That's absolutely right, and I certainly have seen that even in my own career. When I initially took over a leading change uh, management initiative from the firm that I was working for at the time, it was all about there was an opportunity within the company. I had already exhibited strong project management skills in prior work that I had done, even though it wasn't in the same field, and I took that uh, experience that I'd already gained in project management and introduced that to my employer as a possibility for me moving into a new assignment in the organization that was going to expand my consulting skills, which is what I really wanted, and I was able to convince them of it because they had seen the work I'd done in other projects that would lend itself to that. So, you know, the same is true whether you're inside of a company or outside of a company in terms of how you present that to the employer. Very good comments, uh, Mary. I appreciate that um, sharing. And uh, what did you find going back to your earlier um, transition to consulting, what was the biggest challenge, if you can remember and share that with us? Well, actually, it's going to be kind of funny because I'm such an extrovert. You won't think that this would be a problem for me, but the most of, most, I guess the largest challenge I found in going into consulting was marketing effectively, uh, being able to really uh, communicate what I had to offer that was distinctive from what other consulting firms would have to offer. And I think part of the reason why that existed was because when I first started my consulting practice, I was on kind of a honeymoon where I had a lot of contacts in the industry, a lot of people knew me, and they were kind and gracious enough to say, you know, Mary, we're going to give you our business just because of that relationship. So I didn't have to really market anything. It was like, hey, you know me and you know my work, and so here we go. Well, as I progressed, Obviously, you need to continue to build into that, you know, pipeline. You can't rely on your friends forever. So you have to start getting out there and really marketing what you do. And I, I just struggled with that because I felt like, oh, I don't want to be bragging or sounding like I'm so all that. But the truth of the matter is you have to be very comfortable in consulting, being able to talk to and speak to what it is that you do that's going to be beneficial to that client. And I was, I was really struggling to get past that initially and really had to work on uh, being able to market my my company and myself uh, in a different way. Well, that's excellent uh, note to uh, end this segment on. We're going to be coming back in a moment. Uh, so stay tuned and we'll learn more about Mary's uh, great experience.
And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career success better job better pay better life an ordinary sunny day an ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids and they were doing nothing they were couch slouching they were rug imitating and lazy minute after lazy minute was passing them by when suddenly huh Hey guys, that's a personal foul. Inactive activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Players on your lazy penalties. Let's play. Those kids, they listened to Reggie. They got up and play they did. There was fun and running. There were smiles and jumping. And laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Kids, listen to Reggie and avoid lazy penalties. Be a player. Get up and play for an hour a day. Go online to check out smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Be a player. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson with Mary Banks, Executive Coach and Organizational Consultant, 
And we've covered a lot of ground already about some of the issues that people face when they're making a career transition, such as Mary did in going from the corporate world to consulting. And, uh, Mary, we're facing uh, a lot of layoffs, as everybody knows, and you come from the financial and banking arena and still work with it uh, from a consulting perspective. Do you have some uh, recommendations that you can share with our listeners that might be impacted in this industry uh, where they can focus their uh, job searches? Um, well, I, I, I know that in the financial industry, it's certainly a challenge right now because of some of the bailout situations that are going on uh, in the industry. However, um, there are still banks that are uh, hiring, and typically what I'm finding, especially with my clients, it's more the um, medium-sized, smaller banks that are, are still going, you know, great gangbusters, as long as they haven't been involved in any of that uh, mortgage-backed securities type of business. But if they're, you know, just kind of your community banks or regional banks, they're doing a tremendous amount of hiring, and they're looking for people that have skills um, that are going to be able to support their efforts. Now, clearly, when you go into a small environment, especially if you came out of a big bank environment, you've got to be able to be very versatile in doing more than one type of thing because typically in a large organization, you have to be very specialized in what you do. Uh, in a smaller uh, organization or a middle-sized organization, they usually want you to be able to do a number of different types of, of, uh, of transactions or a number of different types of, of things. So I would think the, the more, able, more you are able to um, put on your resume those things that really focus on your broad range of skills um, and focus on your ability to uh, execute uh, very adeptly without, you know, a lot of systems in place, um, the better able you will be to secure the job, the more competitive you will be. So that would be um, my experience in, in terms of what's going on right now in the marketplace. Right, one of the things that we're discovering, and I'm sure you are too, is that oftentimes an individual they, in the financial services industry, has a specific niche that they really excel at, mm -hmm. which means, for instance, they might go into a smaller bank in a uh, contract capacity, not necessarily in a full-time, long-term mm -hmm. capacity, but in a short-term contract capacity, which could lead to long-term uh, long opportunities down the road. Have you experienced that? Absolutely. I think that's a very good um, observation that you're making, Ken, because a lot of times um, companies aren't quite sure, especially when things are very unsteady, not sure if they want to make a commitment to a full-time, long-term position, and so they might bring in a contract person with the idea of seeing, let's see how this works out. The benefit to, to you as the employee is that you also get a chance to say, let's see how this will work out. You, you get a chance to make some relationships. You get a chance to see what it would be like to work in that environment, and quite often what may have started off as a contract assignment or a temporary assignment could turn into something full-time or something that you would really enjoy. So being able to be um, willing to do something different, like take on a contract assignment, is uh, preferred than uh, absolutely sticking to your guns and saying, you know what, I'm not going to consider anything unless it's a permanent full-time job. Frankly, I don't know what permanent is anymore. Exactly. Uh, taken to an extreme, Mary, you might even think of organizations today that are full of people in short-term contract capabilities, and that leads to exactly what we talked about earlier in terms of winning and beating your competition 
and you're able to not only know what you know, but learn from others, learn from your peers, broaden your background, broaden your abilities, talents, and skills, and that leads to so many other things you could be doing down the road. Absolutely. I agree with you on that, and I think that it, the financial services industry is, is starting to have some of the similarities to how the technology industry went in for a while. You notice that in the technology industry, they, you know, they went to more of a temporary workforce in a very large way as they tried to figure out kind of what their niche was going to be and, and what they were really going to need and so forth. I think the financial services industry, as it's trying to retool itself, will probably do some of those exact same things. And I think those individuals who enjoy working in that industry should be prepared for that. There's so much change going on, um, Mary, and I know one of your expertise is change management. And no longer can we just look to the organization to manage uh, the change around us or especially the change that's going on in our own careers, which means every single one of us and every single one of our listeners needs to be a, a change manager. What do you find in your coaching is one of the most uh, you know, difficult uh, transitions for an individual in learning this lesson? I, I think that um, most of it is just a, a, a lack of awareness at times of, of um, how important it is to develop some skills around managing change. Um, they, there usually is a point where you have to just realize that change happens. It's just what it, what it is. And once you understand that, then you begin to anticipate it more and you start to ask questions and monitor what's going on around you so that ultimately you can adapt your attitude to change quickly and it creates uh, within you an ability to be more nimble as, um, as things come up or as things change around you. So once you have that attitude of, you know what, this is, this is the way life is now. It's going to be full of changes, full of surprises. How can I be nimble and be willing to, you know, embrace it versus, you know, stressing out and, and fighting it all the time? I think that's good advice. The other thing, and especially for the younger generations that have grown up with technology and they see, you know, they're constantly monitoring these, these little changes that happen in our life, whether it's through the cell or through the Internet um, and so forth, that sometimes we lose sight that there does need to be a plan <laughs> and that we need to be um, uh, aware of the longer-term horizon. What It might be medium-term, it might be longer-term. But share with us some of your perception on being able to put a plan together in spite of the changes bubbling around us. Well, I think one of the things that a lot of people certainly need to be aware of is the, the, the strong need to stay in touch with your network. I can't um, tell you how... Interesting it is to me to see how many people become isolated within their work. I mean, they, they know the people within their companies, and they have obviously their friends there, but they've lost touch with their network. And then when they need to call upon that network as changes are occurring in their career, they find that they don't really have one. Now, they don't know who to call. Even people that are in professions that you would think would know that. Let's say, for example, HR professionals, human resources professionals who do that for a living. They quite often are so isolated that they don't, they don't have that network. And networking doesn't occur when you're in, in need. It really occurs long before you need something. I mean, you really have to build the relationships in advance so that when it comes time for you to start talking to people about, you know, I'm sensing that there might be some changes that I need to get prepared for, you, you can call on people and really be able to talk to them. So I think that's really, really 
really important. And uh, I think that, you know, we have several generations within the workforce now, and there are some generations like, uh, the, you know, the, the next geners that are, are a little bit more adaptive at that than maybe the baby boomers, which is what I'm a part of. Uh, we've had to kind of learn the hard way um, how important it is to stay flexible and to understand the value of a network and to stay in touch with that network. Hey, one of the things that's more and more evident today is that the uh, issue of change is not just once in a while. It's permanent. It's here forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that I do an awful lot of reading, and one of the articles I read recently had to do with a gentleman saying there is no more permanent employment. Right. I mean, the only permanency in the future is uh, change. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be not just year to year, but month to month, week to week, day to day, and hour to hour. So our our young generation coming up is much more adaptable to that because they've seen so much of it. Mm-hmm. Could you speak to that, if you would? Oh, I agree. They the, the younger generation they they don't have the what I would call the same employment contract mentality that that we probably did. Where you know, and even with it, where our you know, parents did where there, there was kind of like this understanding that you were going to be with the same employer for a long period of time. They don't come into the workplace like that. They understand that they need to be able to be flexible. So um, they don't have those same types of, um, I guess, boundaries that are, are in place for them that, that, that many others do. And I think uh, because we are now becoming aware that that quote-unquote employment contract has changed and now really is about uh, being able to view your skills as somewhat of a commodity that's that can be sold on the open market, so to speak. When we have an understanding of that, then we start to operate differently. And I think the the current generation, the ones that's coming out of college now, and the ones that are just starting their careers, have a very good sense of that, and that's probably helping them to be uh, able to deal with uh, this environment that we're in that's constantly changing. Oh, very good, Mary. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about change and specifically. What are change bullies and change drivers? When we get back, you'll learn what those are. Thank you for listening. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Earn a better job for better pay and achieve a better life with Job Search, the total system, now in its third edition and through a host of valuable online resources at www.tcsworldwide.com. Thousands have successfully used these proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. One total system user shared, This is without reservation the best advice on job search available. I used it over my career and each time got a better position for substantially increased pay. Go to www.tcsworldwide.com and advance your career today. While you're on the site, please check out TCS University, which will bring you advanced resources like sample resumes, career assessment, total career success tracks, links to coaching services, and much more. Read Get Off the Treadmill, the total career success blog from Ken and Cheryl Dawson, and check out our online store for products relating to the book and total career success. Visit the website today at www.tcsworldwide.com. Total career 
greater success, better job, better pay, better life. And now a weather update. Winds out of the south-southeast at 9 miles an hour. Citizens of America, this is a message from FeedThePig.org. Do not be alarmed. We are here to help you save yourself. According to public records, Americans spent more money than they earned in 2005. This is the first negative savings rate in the U.S. since the Great Depression. America, we must change our behavior. We need to stop spending every dime we earn and start feeding the pig. We must start putting away a piece of our paycheck. On the 1st and the 15th, we must pay ourselves before we pay anyone or anything. We must make a budget. And yes, even consider cutting up a credit card. And we must tell a friend to do the same. America, to start moving in the right direction, we must start a movement. Join us at FeedThePig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Log on to FeedThePig.org today. And for more traffic updates, brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Do you know what the most complex piece of your business capital investment is? Is it the technology? Is it the infrastructure? Could it be the office and corporate structure? The most complex piece of your business capital investment is the human being. Return on Human Capital is a unique program that discusses some of the most important issues facing leaders in business. Join your hosts, Howard Pines and Jay Santamaria, for Return on Human Capital, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please call toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. This is Ken and Cheryl Dawson with Mary Banks, Executive Coach and Organizational Consultant. And we've been talking about the inevitability of change and the importance of being able to manage that change, uh, both in our organizations as well as in our own careers. And, Mary, what are some of the techniques that you have shared with your the people that you coach um, in organizations to help them uh, better manage change? Well, you know, one of the things that I like to do with my clients is, is ask them um, thought-provoking questions to give them an opportunity to really think about it and one of my key questions as it relates to change is, what would I do if I weren't afraid? And this is, uh, you know, this is a question that stops people in their tracks because quite often they're making decisions based on the, the fact that they're trying to avoid something that they're fearful of. And so you know, I, I try to help them to get past that and say, well, you know what, if you weren't afraid, what exactly would you do right now? And that opens them up for a lot of possibilities, and then we can talk about and explore those possibilities and make some real decisions about how to deal with whatever change they're either concerned about coming forward or that they already know is coming forward. So that's probably one of the strongest techniques that I use is to ask them questions like that to get them thinking differently and to help them to broaden how they're seeing their circumstances. Mary, what is so critical about that is the uh, issue of confidence. As you know so well, when a person's afraid, they tend to be um, 
scared in the interview. They don't show confidence. They're not sure where they're going next, and that's a killer in terms of bringing a person on. And once again, that's why in Job Search the Total System, we focus so much on competence, abilities, talent, and putting that in the form of goals, issues, accomplishments, and communicating that in the, communi- in the interview, mm-hmm. putting it in the form of a reference letter and achieving the position. And on the issue of confidence, it is so critical that you have that. And when you are in a position to negotiate, that you not be afraid to ask for what you believe you're worth. Mm-hmm. especially when you feel that you are head and shoulders over the competition. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And, in fact, you know, when I talk about, um, you know, one of the things I, I talk about a lot is change bullies. Um, the, those bullies are those things that keep you from, you know, embracing change or making a change. Fear is one of the biggest ones. Um, I found that fear, doubt, uh, those old mental tapes, um, Comfort zones, I mean, all of those are bullies uh, that keep us from, you know, embracing our changes. And, and even some people can be bullies. I mean, people that are important to us, you know, they may um, give us feedback or give us, you know, their list of concerns about us making a certain change that can keep us from making an effective change or doing something differently. And, of course, some people you've just got to dismiss. But others, you know, they can actually help you by them voicing their concerns, they can help you clarify your own plans. It may be very. I'm sorry. And Mary, for our listeners, it, it is just absolutely essential that you not listen to the naysayers, that you not listen to the negativity on the newspaper, in the newspaper or on the tube. Mm-hmm. I mean, after listening to that, you'd say to yourself, you know, why not just give up? Why not? And so many people do give up when they listen to that negativity across the road, and these are the kinds of issues that are killers, which is why you've got to focus your talents, abilities, and, and, and everything you have on where you're going and how you're going to get there, and believe in yourself and do all the things that we're suggesting to that individual. And listeners, please write a book, listen to what Mary's saying, and do exactly what we're saying, because we will, as I said, guarantee you better job, better pay, better life when you work the system to the letter. Absolutely. You know, I, I clearly, you know, like to tell my clients, you know, in terms of overcoming some of these beliefs, you need specifically the fear one because that's huge. Um, whether it's a good change or, or what they perceive to be a bad change, there's, you know, can be fear. And I, you know, I tell them, take one thing at a time. Um, you know, focus on the real thing. You know, don't try to solve for things that haven't even happened or may never happen or waste your energy on, you know, uh, things like that because that just creates more anxiety and more fear. Um, and then I tell them, accept the things that you can't change, some things you just have no control over, and so you have to focus on those things that you do. And then I tell them, talk to somebody intelligent. Instead of listening to all these naysayers, talk to yourself. Because sometimes we need to do some self-talk, and um, we need to realize that we'd be amazed at how beneficial just talking to ourselves and saying, hey, get a grip. And <laughs> something just that simple can, can kind of unlock us from going down a, a, a path that we need not go down. Um, in the meantime, they need to go to work each day, work hard, do the best that they can, you know, and then, of course, leave their offices and leave their work problems there. Um, they need to continue to have compassion on themselves because I think 
Um, sometimes we're really tough on ourselves, especially when there's a lot of change going on, and we need to remember to celebrate those successes. All of those are, you know, ways that we can embrace change. Um, we can, you know, pursue it in a healthy way versus uh, an unhealthy way. I agree with that wholeheartedly, Mary. And you also talk about becoming a champion of change. What do you mean by that? Well, I think that a lot of times um, people make the mistake of thinking that, you know what, if, if this was a good change or if this was right for me, I wouldn't feel so afraid. I mean, that, to me, that is a, a huge misconception. And in order for you to be a champion of change, you have to realize that most significant changes are going to be outside our comfort zone. And when you get outside that comfort zone, um, then you're going to feel anxious about that because you're leaving the familiar, you're leaving, you know, you may even be leaving relationships that you're comfortable with to this unknown thing that you don't know. And so that's going to be natural. And if you understand that, then you can start championing it. When you start feeling those things, you go, you know what, this is a part of it. I think the reward comes from moving past your fear of change and enjoying the adventure in your life. And not saying things like, well, I, you know, until I get a piece about this or until I feel totally comfortable, I, I just can't make this change. You know, wrong again. You know, sometimes you have to take action while you're still afraid. Um, that means that, you know, courage isn't, you know, doing something in the absence of fear. Quite often courage is doing it when you're, you know, scared to death. And so to me that's what it means to become a champion of change. Well, Mary, we just have a minute left here, uh, and I want to thank you for joining us today and uh, for uh, sharing with our audience. How can they reach you? Do you have a website or somewhere where they can reach you if they'd like? Well, I actually have two websites. One is my consulting practice, which is www.wowconsultinggroup.com. That's all one word. And or they can reach me through my uh, other website, which is www.maryebanks.org for them to put the E in there because there's another Mary Banks in the world. And so maryebanks.org. Well, excellent. And I want to thank our listeners for um, sharing with us today. And um, next week we have a really exciting guest whose advice applies to virtually everyone in the career stage. Mark Golston is a syndicated columnist on careers executive coach himself, psychiatrist, and author of Get Out of Your Own Way. So we'll be extending this conversation about change next week. Be sure to join us, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, right here. Have a great week.